Hello, you are listening to the Plumfield Moms, and this is Plumfield in Person. Hello, friends. Today we have a mini episode for you. We had worked on a bigger project and realized that what we wanted to do was better if we were to break it into pieces. So what you're going to hear in this episode is a Landmark Books book recommendation from library lady Kathleen Seeger of the Living Education Library in Wisconsin. Landmark book number 12, The Vikings, by Elizabeth Janeway, published in 1951. I read this book maybe five or ten years ago, and what immediately made me love it was Elizabeth Janeway wrote a foreword in the book. The story of how Eric the Red and his son Leif sailed to the west and discovered Greenland and the continent of North America is a true story. I have tried to write a true book about their discoveries, but I want to tell you at once that not everything that you will read in this book is a fact. All the facts that we know about Eric and Leif and their voyages are here, but in between the facts, I have put some fiction. I did not do this just to amuse you or myself or to make the book more exciting. I did it because the fictional parts of the book tell true things about the way people lived and acted and felt in Norway and Iceland and Greenland a thousand years ago. And that little paragraph Mm. just says so much. That's why we want our children to read these books. Mm -hmm. Like it gets them to imagine what that life was like. It gets them to care about those people they're reading about. It gives them all the flavor and that imagination feeds their knowledge as well as their desire to know more. So that's what I love. But even more interesting in this forward is the end of the forward, which is five pages long. I don't know that I've seen this long of forwards in other landmarks. Yeah, um, it's like a whole chapter right, unto itself. But she thanks the last paragraph, she thanks people. And she says, the first is my father, Charles H. Hall, naval architect and small boat sailor, who supplied me with information on Viking ships, sailing boat voyages in Arctic ice, and navigation. In addition, many years ago, he fostered my own passionate interest in the Vikings, which is just so lovely. That's why we wanted to write this book, because she Mm -hmm. has a passionate interest. Mm -hmm. But even more, she says, My other two helpers were Mike and Bill Janeway, her sons. And when they read the first Landmark books, they told me I ought to write one. When I started to consider doing one, they nagged me to say yes. And when I began to write, they listened carefully to the book as it went along and made a number of helpful suggestions. Without them, it is fair to say I never would have written this book at all. And I am awfully glad I did. I hope you enjoy reading it as much as I did writing it. So, of course, I had to see how old were these little people when she wrote it. (laughs) And this book, The Vikings, was published in 1951. And the landmark started being published in 1950. So, obviously, she started to write this book pretty quickly. However, in 1950... Michael would have been 10 and William Mm. would have been seven. 
They were just little. <laughs> like they were actually little. It wasn't like, oh, I had these adult sons and they encouraged me in my craft. Right. So she, these little boys, these 10 and seven year old boys <laughs> were actually helping her write <laughs> this book. Like, is that the sweetest thing ever? Yeah, and that's what she was writing for. And that's why we love this series so much. Because this is an author who loves her audience mm-hmm. more than anything on earth. And of course, she wants to tell a story fitting right. for them. Right. And proof that reading the landmarks makes you smart is that I had to Google the boys. But Michael, when he grew up, he went to Harvard and William went to Princeton. So, you know, reading the landmarks pays off, apparently. It sure does. <laughs> well, and I just am thinking about the unique way in which some of us are choosing to raise our children today, that we are allowing our children the freedom to influence us in meaningful ways and grow into their own vocation. When I was talking with a young mom the other day, she was saying, you know, my my particular son, he he is not a great writer, and I'm really worried about this particular homeschool program we're in because he's not a strong writer, and I think that this program is going to really beat him up. And as we were talking more and more about what his his what does she see his trajectory being like, what does she think she's preparing him for? We were talking about all the different things that teenagers do today that may or may not contribute to their wholesome upbringing. And I paused at one point and said, you know, a hundred years ago, do you know what they did to make men? Do you know how men were made? By and large, through apprenticeship. At 12 or 14 years old, by and large, men were sent to go and work with other good men and learn a trade and learn to be responsible and all of that. And she was just sort of dumbstruck for a second and said, you're right. And I said, that that model worked for a long time, thousands of years. Now, there's not, I'm not saying anything negative about the fact that we have kids in school longer or that they go on to college. I have no problem with that. I'm just saying that there's a lot to be said for the idea that young people have something valuable to contribute to older people and to society early and often. And how wonderful that she took her sons seriously and worked with their interests. And I would it sounds like that seemed to pay off really right. well, right? <laughs> that whole, um, you know, the mixing of the fiction that draws you in with the facts that, yeah. you know, feed um, our knowledge. So I have two little excerpts from the book that show kind of how she twines them together and how that learning about these so-called facts can actually be interesting. We can learn those facts hidden in the story. And so um, there's Leaf in this story, and then he starts out as a boy, and there is a slave in their family named Brendan, who is a fictionalized character based on Irish slaves of the period. And so they take the ship, The Eric the Red ta- sends them to Norway to meet the king of Norway. So these, both of these excerpts are from when they first arrived in Norway and are experiencing that. They've never been to Norway, either one of them. So at last, Leif and Brendan, full of the pilot's talk and gossip, found themselves staring at the king's city. A sparkling river flowed through it, and behind it were hills clothed in a thick Norwegian forest. Leif couldn't take his eyes away from the scene. 
Trees, he said, such trees. Think of it, Brendan, to live where it is always green, where fuel for fire can mm. be had anywhere by swinging an axe, not put together from peat and turf and cow dung and driftwood and scrub birches and willows no higher than my head. What a rich, rich land mm -hmm. this Norway may, must be. The king will dazzle our eyes with his jewels and gold. Yes, said Brendan. But remember, Leif, we have walked where he never set foot. We have seen sights no man in Norway has looked upon. And just giving that understanding of how their life in the Arctic is different from life in Norway. Yeah. And then they go into the city and... Um, they're seeing the people of the city and they say here were bronzed men who had fought the Muslims beneath the Mediterranean sun or guarded the Byzantine emperor in Constantinople. Here were men who had raided up the sign to the city of Paris and men who had been with King Olaf when he laid siege to London. He would have captured it too, but for the English archers on London Bridge who held his ships off. It was his successor, St. Olaf, who took London and tumbled down London Bridge as children a thousand years later still sing. And now here were the Greenlanders swinging across the courtyard with their heads held high. And so those are not such adventurous parts of the book. Those are actually a little bit more of the boring <laughs> parts of the book that kind of weave facts in. But I just thought it's so beautiful. There is a lot. There's fighting and there's sailing and there's you know, meeting native peoples in North America, and there's all kinds of adventure in this book. It's almost full of adventure for the draw those boys in. But then there's mm -hmm. these little pieces of right. those facts that are just sneaking in their brains as they read. And so that's why when I first read this book, I just found it fascinating and rereading it for this episode, equally fascinating. I just loved it even more. So, yeah. Well, and now I want to go and think about Archers on London Bridge. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I wouldn't have, I never would have considered that. And and yet, I can imagine boys now building bridges with their connects or whatever and putting archers on them to shoot at ships mm -hmm. that are going underneath. <laughs> I love it. Beautiful. So when you were collecting your landmark books, Kathleen, when did you come across this one? Was it early? I don't know because I collected them so long ago. I mean... Before 2010, oh, probably I had yeah. all of them. So many book sales. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just got our Viking one. So <laughs> I remember, and I love the Vikings. I And for our friends who love John Flanagan, the Brother Band series, I prefer to the um, Rangers Apprentice series. And I just think that Vikings are exciting and mm -hmm. intriguing. And also sometimes you think of the Vikings and even in, you know, our modern era, they're kind of popular with some, you know, TV shows and things that I haven't watched. But, you know, they're yeah. presented in their gruffness. Yeah. And this book, especially since it's for young people, doesn't draw out the gruffness. It plays on the adventure, like how amazing it was that they had these ships and that they sailed them and where they went to and their conditions. But there is yeah. still a nobility with the Vikings. And even when they're fighting, it's no, in no way gory mm -hmm. or grisly. It's, it's telling right. the story in a completely appropriate graceful. and graceful way. Yes. Yeah. 
And so for those who are looking for this one and maybe struggling to find it, I will say that the signature biography, Leif Erikson, is also one of our favorite signature biographies. I read that one aloud and it was really very exciting. This one sounds Mm -hmm. more exciting though. (laughs) But if mamas, if you're having a hard time finding this one, do know that the signature biography of Leif Erikson is also right in the same wheelhouse and lovely. And mamas, if you're doing these and you want something for your younger little ones, you could always do Leaf the Lucky by Dale Ayers. And that is reprinted by Beautiful Petite Books. So also in print, gorgeous, very compelling, very accessible. So you could really have fun just doing Vikings and you'd probably make your boys pretty happy. Or girls. (laughs) Or girls. I mean, we're all girls and we all like them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> <sighs>